All right, we are good. Lydia Jacoby, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks for joining us. Now, obviously, everyone knows you're from Alaska. Whereabouts in Alaska are you exactly? Um, right now, I'm in my apartment in Anchorage. Um, we live in Seward most of the time, but we have um, an apartment here that we rent from one of the swim families um, so that I can train up here once in a while. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, mm -hmm. uh, so you weren't originally from there? No. Well, I was born here, um, but I've lived in Seward my whole life. Um, and then over COVID, I didn't have access to my pool for like eight months. So I came up here to train um, with this club called Northern Lights Swim Club. Um, I trained with them for the whole summer um, and we were able to rent this place. Um, and then we've just kept it since and I've been kind of going back and forth. All right, let me stop by saying this then. Let, let me just pretend that I'm everybody in the world who's watching Olympic trials, okay? I'm going to just, I'm going to be that person right now. And I'm just going to be like, who the hell is Lydia Jacoby? All right, that, that's kind of Olympic trials. And then we get, to, we get to Olympics and it's like, all right, who the hell is Lydia Jacoby? Like, I mean, you came, for us, for the normal people, you just came out of nowhere. Now, obviously for you, this has been a lifelong quest and passion but for us it was just like wow i mean what on earth is this this was so refreshing because you you swim completely different you're young and it just didn't seem like you had a care in the world i mean you're ultra competitive so it's like you know the the, the perfect kind of like person to come along and just shake up everything is that did you notice that in yourself yeah i mean i guess so i think um Going into the trials, I qualified for U.S. Olympic trials when I was 14 um, at the first meet that you were able to qualify. Katie Ledecky was also there, and she got, like, the first time, and it was, like, a huge deal. So I was kind of one of the first 20 people to get one, and it was super exciting for me. Um, and ever since then, I've just been kind of steadily training towards that meet um, through, through the years. Um, and I had big goals I was hoping to make a finals. Um, I wanted to race Lily. I wanted to do well, you know, maybe make a like junior national team or, or something like that, traveling, um, make it onto the national team. Um, but I didn't really realize that I had a serious shot at making the Olympic team until April um, before trials. Um, and with that delay, I think that um, that really gave me what I needed to be able to make the team and to be able to do what I did because um, a year ago, I don't think I would have been um, mentally or physically ready to do that. Um, so that extra year definitely gave me what I needed. So you're talking about just a, a period of three or four months where you've finally come to the realization that I can make this team. So what's happening? I mean, you, you, you talked about it. Like, I, I hope I can make a final. I hope I can race this person. You know, mm -hmm. kind of like the way that every young person feels about Olympic trials. What happens specifically then in April where you kind of have this mental shift or even physical shift? I'm not sure. Tell me what happened then that gave you the impression that you could now make the team. Yeah. So my coaches had been telling me, like, we'd been working towards this. We had um, like a kind of long-term plan. We'd been working um, to make the team. My coaches really thought I could, um, but like, my times just didn't really match up, you know, like maybe I could swim that fast, but like, I didn't really know. Um, and in April there was a tier pro series in, um, it was in, uh, Mission Viejo and the, um, it was a pretty high powered one. The women there were pretty much the same heat, um, that would race in the A final at Olympic trials. And in that heat, I got second, um, to Lily. Um, and when I got out of the pool, I was like, wow, like, I want to do that again, and I can do that again. Um, and I remember, like, some of my coaches called me, and I was like, I think I can make the Olympic team. And they were like, well, yeah, that's what we've been telling you. So I think that's kind of when I fully, like, realized my potential and what I could do um, going into the summer. Wow, there's so many questions here. It's just incredible <laughs> for you to kind of have that, have that belief and that realization. It's pretty wild i mean other than lily were there other girls that you knew about i mean there's obviously other contenders so it's not you don't just have to beat mm -hmm. lily or or you know compete with her so who else are you thinking at that period of time did you know your other competitors 
Yeah, I knew Annie was going to be a big competitor, um, and so she was definitely one I was thinking about a lot at that meet. I'm going to be honest, I can't really remember exactly who was there, so I don't want to name names incorrectly, but um, mm. I do remember it was pretty much the same final that was at Olympic Trials, give or take a few girls. So you know them. Do they know you mm. at that point in time? Um, I'm not really sure. I don't think so. I mean... I think I'd raced them. I think I'd raced most of them a couple times, but like maybe I was in the B final or even the C final. Like it was a while ago. Um, so they wouldn't have really had any reason to know who I was. Um, but after that, they definitely did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, tell me about your coach. You said coaches. I know that uh, in particular, I was actually talking to Michael Andrew today, and he said that you've got an incredible coach. Um, but you say coaches. So tell me about your coaches. Give me some background on them. Yeah. So I've been really fortunate coming from a small town. I've always had great coaches. Um, and then um, uh, Megan O'Leary was my coach for a really long time and still coaches me um, a couple times a week. Um, and then um, Solomon D'Amico is now my primary coach. Um, he's been my weight coach for, um, I think this is our eighth year. And then he's taken slowly on, he's slowly taken on more of the swimming side um, to become my primary swim coach as well. Um, and then, like I mentioned before, we've come up, we've been coming up to Anchorage quite often. So um, Ben Kitchen is my coach up in Anchorage. Um, and it's been really cool. I think a lot of coaches can get very possessive um, mm, mm. of their athletes. And it's just been amazing for me um, how well these guys have like really come together and worked together. Um, and done what's best for me. So I really appreciate that. And I think it's really unique and special. It is unique and special. Very, especially when you have a talent like you and then and then someone who gets on the Olympic team, everybody wants to be like that, me, me, me kind of thing. <laughs> so how did the um, agreement get put together here? And then how, how do they work together like that? Um, I think it just naturally kind of came together. I mean, when COVID first kind of like shut everything down in the U.S. in March, um, I was in Seattle for a swimming actually, and that was kind of where COVID originally like started in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So we that meet was canceled. We flew home really quickly. Um, there were like a hundred cases total in the entire U.S., and we were like super scared. It's just crazy to think about now. And so we came home, and then um, the pool was shut down for two months. There wasn't any access to any pool in Alaska. Um, so I was running, skiing, um, lifting in my garage. Um, I stayed very fit and in shape. I just didn't really have a feel for the water. Um, and then about two months in, um, the this club in Anchorage Northern Lights became one of the first clubs actually in the country to open back up. Um, and we kind of, I practiced with them here and there a few times when we were like up in Anchorage running errands or whatever, and I needed to get them for the day. So we reached out to them and um, they're like, yeah, of course, like we definitely want her to come. So um, it was just kind of a natural thing. Like I didn't have a place at home and like none of my coaches were going to be like, well, you can't go up to Anchorage when they didn't have an alternative for me, you know? Um, mm. So yeah, it just naturally kind of happened like that over the summer. And then, um, I made a lot of, um, we, in Seward, we're a very um, low yardage team and even up in Anchorage, same thing, but um, we did a lot more aerobic kind of stuff and we really saw um, some growth there. Um, so I think everybody just saw how beneficial it was and then we kind of put together a long-term training plan um, involving both teams um, because they were both giving me lots of valuable um, things to add to my belt, I guess. Wow, that's incredible. Um, amazing stuff, really. Uh, you know, as you're talking there, I'm thinking to myself, of kind of like a, a rocky situation. You're talking about running and skiing and doing all the cross-training that you need to do. It seems like it would be a pretty incredible place to be able to do that in Alaska. I've had the privilege of, of going to Alaska last year. I actually did a clinic up there, and um, wow. it was during uh, – of July. So it was like light 24 hours a day kind of thing. And oh, uh, wow. so it's a very unique place, right? Like talk to us mm -hmm. about the summer and the winter and, and the things that you have to deal with in both of those, um, you know, environments. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's funny. Everybody's always really curious about this, but to me, I've just like grown up here, and that's just like what it's like all the time. And it, like, um, it really is one of the most beautiful places in the world. But sometimes I'll just be like driving around and like not even think about it, and then like I'll look up and I'll be like, "Oh wow, that's crazy." Mm. But um, yeah, in the winter it does get pretty dark. We're far enough south that it doesn't get like complete darkness for three months or whatever, like they do in the north. But, um, yeah, it gets pretty dark to the point where I'll go into practice in the morning when it's dark. And then by the time I'm, like, done with all my, um, like, school and swimming and stuff, it'll be um, dark again. So, um, yeah, and then in the summer, it gets really light out. Um, we're a tourist town um, in Seward, so um, it's really bustling. It's busy. It's bright um, in the summer. So we definitely have a big shift there. Yeah, I just want to give a little uh, special shout out to the team that I worked with, uh, Coach Josh and the Stingray uh, oh, yeah. swim team in Fairbanks. Have, have you been mm -hmm. there? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, Alaska Swimming is a very close community mm -hmm. um, just because our LSC is so small. Um, so Coach Josh was my coach at um, Age Group Zones for several years. Um, and yeah, I've worked with a lot of coaches around Alaska, so they're a great team. Yeah, he's a good man. Um, I think it was just after you'd qualified for the team too. So like the whole, the whole environment was just like, you know, he, like you said, it's a small community. So they were just like buzzing someone from Alaska, which is a massive state, by the way, it's huge, but mm -hmm. somewhat like it felt like a small town feel like, Oh, we got one, you know, like she's ours. And it was like, everybody mm -hmm. had this immense pride that you were going to the Olympics, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing how much support I got um, from, like, my community and around the state. This is amazing. Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Now, um, okay, so talk to me then. You, you feel pretty good about your chances for Olympic trials. Your coaches start mm -hmm. to talk to you about the possibilities. What, what even gave, gave them the thought that, you could possibly make this team. Did they tell you some of the things that you were doing that were giving them signals to say that you could actually contend other than just the, the racing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely um, a racer. I'm very competitive when I like, get in the water with other people. So um, just based on that, I think a lot of it was. And then um, we, Saul and I had put together a, um, training plan um, that kind of spanned from kind of when COVID hit, I guess is when we really dialed it into um, Olympic trials. And mm -hmm. so my whole training plan was based around that. Um, so, and I was doing everything that I needed to do to um, like hit my peak there. Um, and we, yeah, I was training well, lifting well. Um, and I guess there just wasn't any reason why I couldn't. All right, talk to me about your training plan then, because that's mm -hmm. interesting. I mean, people would have a, a huge amount of interest in actually what you're doing. I, I have heard, again, from Michael Andrew that, to say that your your coach, one of your coaches is very innovative and, and you do mm -hmm. some really cool stuff. So um, can you give us anything specific on what you guys focus on? Yeah, we put a lot of emphasis on um, strength. And then, uh, like I mentioned before, a low yardage. Um, we do... I think this is, um, I think this is a good philosophy that I've kind of grown up with is like, if you train slow, you'll swim slow. Like, mm -hmm. um, especially with breaststroke, it's such a like technical stroke that if you practice it slowly, like you will learn to race it slowly. So, um, even when we're doing aerobic stuff, we like to, um, kind of keep more aerobic freestyle and mix in some like sprint breaststroke so I can practice that with the fatigue from the freestyle. Um, but yeah, we do. Um, my coach is really good at um, like periodization and stuff, and then corresponding what I'm doing in the weight room with what I'm doing in the pool. 
Right. Um, you and I are fortunate now to be on this new app called Any Question. And one of the questions yeah. that came up that you answered, I thought really well, that was interesting to me. And honestly, I've never heard anybody say it like this. You were talking about breaststroke and mm -hmm. the way it should be thought about. And, and, and a lot of people think about it as a, a cycle, like a, an up mm -hmm. and down type movement kind of thing. And you described it differently. It was very unique. Can you take me through kind of what you said about breaststroke? Yeah, I think um, what the question was, was like, um, how do I keep my hips up in the water um, mm -hmm. and like move forward better or something? And I was saying, um, I think a lot of people, this is true of fly, but especially breaststroke, think of it as like stroke, 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 mm -hmm. rather than movement forward, mm -hmm. like they would with freestyle or backstroke. So I think mm -hmm. it's important to think about like your end goal is getting to the other side of the pool and focus on that rather than focus on like the up and down movement. Um, and that'll naturally like push your hips up and um, kind of lock your timing in. You do have a fairly unique breaststroke. And again, all breaststroke is unique to me because I can't swim it, but um, everybody has their own style. You certainly have kind of an old school style. Did you, did you compare your style to anybody growing up? Did you analyze anyone in particular? Or is it just a natural way that you swim? Um. I wouldn't say that I necessarily like base my stroke off anyone. Of course, like I would watch other people. Um, like Liesl like, Jones. You look like Liesl Jones, honestly, to me. Yeah, that's a, a lot of people have told me that. Okay. Um, I've always had a really strong breaststroke kick and my pull has always kind of been lacking. So like just naturally, that's where my, um, that's kind of how my stroke um, is. And we've just kept working with that and um, kind of tweaking little things little technical things rather than trying to like completely switch my stroke because like I don't know I mean um two of the best breaststrokers in the world Adam PD Lily King both swim with very um high quick stroke that's very arm driven um and obviously they're amazing but that just doesn't work for me um so just playing to my strengths and I think that's important for anyone's breaststroke that you're looking at I really like that advice too, because sometimes we can get caught up in thinking Lily King's the best. I have to swim mm -hmm. like that. And then mm -hmm. here you are on, on a, a young athlete, completely different end of the spectrum, swimming it completely different and having a lot of success in it. So, I mean, it sounds like there was a time where you may have experimented changing your stroke. Did you, did you play mm -hmm. with some changes and just, they didn't feel right to you? Yeah, I mean, I've never really, like, completely been, like, I want to change my stroke, but we've definitely um, been working on strengthening pull, and we'll continue to work on strengthening pull, but um, just kind of recognize that most of it comes from the kick, and, um, yeah, continue to play to the strengths, but, yeah, I've been working on pullouts and walls a lot, so. Right. Do you get a chance to swim short course and long course often, or is it mainly short course swimming you're doing? Um, it's mainly short course swimming. I train all short course. Um, my pool in Seward is short course, um, yards. And then in Anchorage, they have like an L-shaped pool. So we'll sometimes train short course meters, but, um, I've never trained long course except for during like training camp at the Olympics. Um, but, um, yeah, when I'm racing everything in inside Alaska, except for maybe like one meet a year is all short course. And then, um, when I'm thinking about what um, like out of state meets I want to do, I'll like purposely choose um, like long course meets. Hang on a second. So this is really interesting. This is going to blow people's mind. You never trained long course before you made the U.S. Olympic team. Full time. No, fully. I didn't. No, I. Um, wow. I mean, I think when I was like 13 or 14, I went to like Stanford swim camp for a week in the summer and trained long course, and then like, um, I don't know. When I go to like a tier pro meet or something, I'll get there like four days early and like <laughs> practice in the pool. But yeah, no. Wow. Wow. So is there stroke differences for you? I mean, you just talked about kind of a rhythm and a flow, but when you're, when you're training short course, you're going to break your rhythm up a lot. And mm -hmm. then obviously in, in your long course swims, you're going to try and maintain and keep that flow. So is it difficult for, for you at all to go from training to then competing at long course meets? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think this is another thing where um, 
maybe a different situation would be ideal, but like I've never had a situ different situation and this is all that I've ever like really known. So there's no reason for me to think like, oh, I'm at such a disadvantage when like that's just what I have to work with and I'm going to make the best of it. Um, I also do think that um, when in training, we put a lot of emphasis on feel um, rather than um, going like subjective over objective. So like, mm. um, I don't know if I'm not feeling great on a certain day, we're not going to be like, oh, we want to look at your times because like you already know I don't want to look at my times when I'm feeling bad. So like, um, yeah, just focusing a lot on like um, stroke count into the wall and like feeling where I'm at has really helped me um, translate my short course to my long course, I guess, um, because I don't have quite as much of the, like, I have to take like 20 strokes um, to get to this end, or like I have to take eight strokes, like I can kind of play it by ear, I guess, which when I do start training um, with Texas in a long course pool, I would like to get that a little bit more dialed in, but it's worked out well so far. Right. We'll, we'll get on that in a minute. But, um. In terms of training sets, then you, you said you train a lot of speed breaststroke. You don't do slow breaststroke. Um, so then, give me an example of kind of a, a breaststroke set that you've done in the past that you feel really good with, or um, that you can remember. Um, one that we do a lot um, with my team in Anchorage is um, nine one hundreds, and we do it anywhere between like three minute and nine minute. Um, and then they're just from the blocks all out. Um, mm -hmm. I really like that kind of set. Like, it's kind of awful, but um, I don't know. It makes me feel good, so. Is that something you'd suit up for as well? No, actually, that's another thing. I had never suited up um, for practice before Olympic training camp, and the coaches were like, you should throw on a tech suit, like, while we were in Tokyo for, like, the four days before. And I was like, well, I, like, why would I do that? But, um I might actually start doing that now. Um, I'm partnered with Arena, so I have um, access to tech suit tours before. Like, I, it was $500 per suit, so I'm not going to, like, waste it and wear it in practice, you know? <laughs> yeah, it must be nice to go from someone who's like, oh, I don't really want to pay for uh, that expensive suit, and now it's like, I'm sponsored by one of the biggest suit companies in the world now. <laughs> uh, congratulations on that, by the way. I think Arena Thank is uh, an incredible company. They're going to look after you for sure. Um, yeah. Was it difficult for you to make a selection in terms of what kind of suit you want to swim in for the next, you know, period of your life? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely was. Um, I mean, uh, our my agent talked to and I talked to all the different um, or like kind of the big three suit companies, Satir, Arena and Speedo um, and just like the whole time it really um just the people at arena um were really going other way um to make sure that i was getting everything that i needed and that um they're really valuing me as a person rather than um just mm -hmm. another athlete um yeah. when thinking about adding me to their roster i guess so that was something that really stood out to me uh, listen that's definitely the way i feel about the people at arena too they've always been good to me that they they, they treat you well. So you're, you're in good hands there. And uh, the technology is incredible. I'm sure they'll have some yeah. great suits coming out. Um, so listen, so, all right, I want to kind of get to Olympic trials then in the lead up to that. Uh, you, how, how soon out of the Olympic trials did your team travel and like you get to the hotel and then all of a sudden you're in this Olympic trial environment for the first time. How's that feel for you once you get there? Yeah, I was actually traveling um, just with my family and coaches. Uh, I was the only one that made trials. So mm. um, we traveled, we got there, I want to say like five days early or a week early, something like that. Um, we were staying in a big Airbnb, uh, which is usually like what we like to do because then you can cook and wash towels and all that it just feels more comfortable. Um, and it was kind of nice to be able to completely like get away from the swim scene and not be staying at like the Hilton that was like connected to mm. the aquatic center. Right. Um, but yeah, I got there a few days early and got in the pool once or twice a day. Um, ate good food, got ready, um, slept, tried to get some good sleep in. So yeah. When, when does taper start to kick in for you? Is it, is it a, the day I wake up or is it you wanting to feel good? three or four days out, do you need that feeling then for yourself? Yeah, I'd say for me, I usually, I need a pretty long taper. Um, 
and then uh usually like a week out or something i feel like pretty bad like pretty mm -hmm. sloppy yeah. um but then um getting i don't know maybe two three days out i'll feel really dialed in and ready to go so yeah wow so the first event for you is 100 breasts, 100 breasts was the first mm -hmm. event okay so you're walking to the ready room knowing that all right here, here's my shot how are you feeling like in that moment as you walk to the radio it can be one of those really kind of scary places to be you're kind of alone but it's also that realization of like all right i gotta perform now like it's it's do or die type thing what's the process in, in your mind when you're in that position yeah looking back on it now um trials was a really weird meet for me obviously um exciting and really fun but um i was nervous to a level that i had never been before i was like having trouble eating and sleeping and stuff like mm. um there's it's just a high pressure meet there's so many emotions like so many people there like if they don't make the team they're done like there's just it's high pressure um even if the pressure is not necessarily on you um there's lots of emotions behind the scenes so um yeah, I was pretty nervous, but um, for prelims, I felt pretty good. I um, knew that was my first swim, and then, like, once I got that over with, I'd feel a lot better. So just kind of went out and swam that. Um, I want to say I was in, like, third seed or something going into the semis. Um, and then in semis, I won my heat, um, and I was third seed to um, Annie and Lily were ahead of me. And... Mm. I kind of knew going into it that that was one of the most competitive races in trials um, and that like any of those top eight women could really get that spot um, and it wouldn't be that much of a surprise. Um, but I kind of was thinking of Annie as my biggest competition and in semis she threw down a time that was a lot faster than I thought that I'd have to go to make the team. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was kind of shaken a little bit by that, but um, after a night's sleep and stuff, coming back to it, I was excited and ready to go. Um, like I said, I like to race, so um, I was kind of in my element. That's interesting. What What was your ballpark figure that you felt like if I, if I hit that, that's kind of where it's going to be to make this team? Yeah, um, I want to say I can't remember the exact times, but I believe I was at a 106.1 um, before trials, going into trials, um, and I had swam – um maybe a 105.9 or something in semis and I believe Annie had swam like a 105 mid um mm -hmm. and before that I was thinking that I'd have to swim a 105 mid to even like to make the team and then like after she swam that I was like oh shoot like I'm gonna have to go like five low at least or like maybe even break into the four so it was just like a moment of like I've been working towards this and I know what I need to do and then like all of that's kind of shifted all right, so you're five high. You realize you got to be five low. So now you, you're doing some math in your head, and you're thinking to yourself, "All right, I got to drop time somewhere." So you mm -hmm. you you're thinking first fifty, and then you, you obviously get your second fifty. Where is where's the time drop going to be for you? You're gonna are you gonna try and go out faster? Are you gonna go out at your normal pace and try and come home harder, or are you gonna try and balance it out a little bit quicker on the front end, a little bit quicker at the back end? In your mind, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I even thought it through that much. I just need, knew I needed probably, to Probably for the best. I'm um, glad you didn't. But, I mean, thinking about it, like, I'm I am very much a back half swimmer. Um, but I do need to be at least close to people to be able to back half them. Because, like, they're going fast too. It's not like I'm the only one going fast on that back side. So, like... I knew that I had to bring it out with like smooth power um, and smooth speed um, so that I could save some energy, but still be right there with everybody so that I could bring it home faster. Now, th there's a moment for me where I there's a realization that you've got to do something well to make the team. So you got, you got to finish first or second, but then there's mm -hmm. also that realization that you've got to also do something that you've never done before. You've got to be better than you've ever been. So it's like you you are competing with people, but then you're also competing with yourself in terms of like, I've got to produce this performance that I've never produced in my life and I need it right now. Like this is the time I need it. So for people that are trying to learn from you, 
in that mm -hmm. experience, how do you get your best out of yourself in the moment that you need it the most? Um, well, I think I mentioned this a couple times, but like, I perform well under pressure. I like, like, I like that. If there's stuff, like, if there's something at stake, like, that just wants me, makes me want to do better. Um, and like, I think for me, um, my mentality is always translated really well um, to my body. So um, knowing that I wanted to do well is just kind of translated physically, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and also like, it does come down to that moment, but it also doesn't. I mean, a lot of people think like that's the visible part. So they're like, she has to do well right then. But um, I also have to do well for months and even years of training and preparation for that moment so mm. it's not really that moment in isolation but it's all the preparation and hard work that you put in to get yourself there and if you know that you put that work in and you're confident in that work there's no reason that you shouldn't do well when you have to well that's a good answer i like that one very mature very thought out i like that <laughs> um well you, you said i perform well under pressure before that moment when has there been other moments for yourself in your life where you've performed under pressure so that during that moment you know well, I've, I've done this before i like this kind of feeling yeah i mean um i've been kind of top of the brushstroke game in alaska since i was um like 12 or so um and like <laughs> i like winning i um like going fast i like medals like that sounds super cocky but like anybody who's at the olympics could say the same thing um I, uh, I think, I think, um, obviously now that I've been to the Olympics and been to Olympic trials and stuff, I wouldn't really know like what other high stakes that I had, um, had in the past, but I don't know, just when you get into finals and you know, like, oh, this is your last rate, no matter whether you're at the Olympics or at, um, like an age groups meet, you're like, this is my final race and I want to do well in this and mm -hmm. I want to be the best in this is kind of i guess i don't know just when you get to that last race um you can really push yourself vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmers catch add a few vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool go to vasatrainer.com use code bread at checkout and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, -T, at checkout. Destromachines.com. You then go on and perform in that race and, and swim faster than you've ever swum before. Um, and you finished second in that one, didn't you? Lily, Lily beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you're on the Olympic team. You finished second. Are you, are you happy with that performance at that point in time? It's obviously your best. Do you feel like there's any more in you or do you just feel like that's the best I could have done? Yeah, no, for sure. I was very happy with it. I'd done what I needed to do. I had got my spot on the team. Um, like that was just a crazy moment. I guess I wasn't really overthinking it too much with like, oh, I got second or like, oh, I got like whatever. Um, but yeah, I was I was so happy. It was like a big life changing moment. You know, like every athlete will work their whole life to become an Olympian, and that's what I did. Um, and but yeah, no, I definitely didn't feel like that was all I could do. Like after I did it, um, obviously you're kind of like on that um, success high and you want to do more and you know you can i was headed into training camp with team usa um so there's no reason that i couldn't do better let me ask you this is um kind of a personal question were you swimming at that point to win or were you swimming for the second place just in that race in particular i don't really know i think that personally um i was swimming for second place it's funny that you asked this because I really haven't thought about this before, but as soon as you asked it, it kind of like started, I don't know. But like, yeah, I guess I was really racing for second place because, um, you know, before trials, like Lily had that first place locked in and nobody was going to touch it. Um, and 
So I was just racing to make the team. I mean, it would have been cool if I'd gotten first place, but yeah, I guess I was racing for second place. And I think that's kind of what changed going into the Olympics is like, I knew that I had been training really well in camp and I wanted to race for first. Mm, okay. I like this. I like the shift in mentality then. <laughs> so at that point in time, in your mind, maybe even subconsciously, Lily was still number one and was, and was mm -hmm. almost unbeatable just at that point in time. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so then you, you make the team and then you go to the, the training camp. What's happening in the training camp? I mean, you're, you're training long course now for the first time. So that, yeah. that's an adjustment. What else is happening that, that, that you feel really good about where you're headed and what you're doing? Yeah. Training camp was so much fun. I absolutely loved it. We were staying um, on a hotel right on Waikiki beach. So um, we were able to just walk and go get like acai bowls or like coffees and then go to the pool lots of times a day in the weight room and stuff um and it was just super fun being there with that um amazing group of coaches and um athletes um i actually trained with the sprint freestyle group um mm -hmm. yeah it just yep. fit my training style better so i was with um <laughs> good choice. very good choice. yeah i was with um abby weitzel and um katie mclaughlin were my main training partners um mm. and terry mckeever was my group coach um and then we would often combine with um coach troy so we'd swim with um caleb and those guys so um it was a really fun and super motivating group for me to be with uh, that's very cool now you've got um systems in place up to this point it can get overwhelming my first olympics when i'm around all these superstars in mm -hmm. sydney 2000 i made i made this team back back here in sydney and i've, I've got all these superstars around me all of a sudden mm -hmm. and then you also have these um unlimited choices like you said we're going to get acai bowls and we're drinking coffee and so like it's like you're also in that little bit of a um an environment where it's like oh everybody's doing that so i'll do that so it's like you you know it's kind of exciting it is so yeah. so how do you then keep your systems and your processes so that you stay on track as a young woman for the first time on this team yeah um so i think that that's one thing that i really didn't think about um like going into trials i was all about trials i was all about making the team mm -hmm. um and then as soon as i made that team like that night i was like i have to go to like training camp with like world record holders olympic champions like mm -hmm. that's crazy like can i like actually do that but um the more I thought about it, like, you just have to really, you have to be confident is what it comes down to. And just like remembering that I earned my place on that team the same way that Katie Ledecky earned her place, the same way that Caleb Dressel earned his place, the same way that Lily earned her place. Like, um, we're all meant to be there. We all did what we had to do to make that team. Um, and so I think that made me feel really good. I also had um, my coach Saul, um, was putting together a really good training plan for me for those last couple of weeks leading into the games and communicating with Terry regularly. Um, so they really had my back and I was doing exactly what I needed to do, um, which was a really cool thing about training camp is that like not everyone was doing the same thing. We had um, like a ton of training options available and we could go to the ones that we needed to go to. Not everyone was there every time. So it was kind of fun. You'd like go to the pool and you'd be like, oh, there's just like a couple people here. Some days it would be everyone. Some days it would be like different people than had been there the last day. Um, so at, the training was very individualized for everyone. Um, as for uh, like other activities, it was definitely tough um, sometimes to just be like, okay, I just need to relax in my room mm. because um, there were always people going to the beach um, mm -hmm. or going to get coffee, going to get smoothies, whatever. Um, so just like taking time for myself was pretty tough, especially since, um, you know, as a rookie, I was excited about making the team. I wanted to be with everyone making friends. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, but um, honestly, I think it, I think we all handled it pretty well for the most part. Yeah, I've had, I've had similar experiences, so I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Is, was there anyone in particular that you were a little bit starstruck with at first, but then when you got to know them, it was like, are they just like me? or they made you feel welcome, anyone in particular? Yeah, I think the whole team um, really bonded a lot. I think I've, I've mentioned this in several interviews that I've done, but like um, just the fact that we couldn't really do anything outside of the team brought us all a lot closer together. Um, but yeah, um, Abby was great. Um, 
Weisel. So, um, yeah, she's an awesome person that um, I'd always looked up to as a veteran. Um, it really made me feel welcome. Um, same with Lily, um, Ryan Murphy, all those guys, they're great. So, yeah, it was a really fun mix of um, veterans and rookies at this event. All right. So in the lead up to this, your your confidence is growing. You're feeling you're feeling better. The lo the long course isn't um, shaking you at all. It's it's making you feel better and better as you do it. Yeah. No, I liked it a lot. I think we kind of mixed it. So I do like long course some days, short course some days. Um, but like, I would always want to do long course. Um, so uh, yeah. Sometimes Terry had to like drag me to the short course pool and having to do like power towers or something. But yeah, I was, I really enjoyed training camp. And I think that um, like being around those um, athletes and like just everyone um, was kind of like the last motivational push that I needed to drop from 105 to 104. So one of your biggest competitors at the games is there on, on your team with you. Are, are you, are you keeping an eye on her out of the side of your eye at all? Like, how is it, is it difficult to have your main competitor there on your team, but also keep focus on yourself? Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I didn't, once you get to camp, um, it's very team oriented, I guess. Um, like even all the way through the games, like, yeah, we're competitors, but, um, like, even in the ready room and stuff, like, we're very much teammates. Um, so I guess that didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't really thinking of it that way. We weren't training together or anything, so it's not like we were doing, like, sprint 50s to see who could go faster or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I knew we were both training really well. Um, I, yeah. I don't really know, but um, I think the case with Team USA um, is that, and I'm sure that's the same with a lot of, or several teams, is like a lot of your, in most of the events, people's biggest competitors are on the team. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think it's kind of what pushes us to be our best. Right. Was there any one particular set that you did in training camp that um, that sticks out to you that you feel really good about? Um. No, we would do not necessarily a single set. Um, actually, yeah, we did. Um, I think it was like 1250s off the blocks um, one day. And I um, I remember I was going pretty good times on that. I can't really remember what it was, but it was like um, times that I had been going previously in races. So I was feeling really good about that. Um, and then I remember we had one day... Um, where uh, the public could come and watch our practice. Um, so like the whole school that we were training at was there watching us and they were like super really hyping it up. Some of the coaches were like talking to people on microphones and like getting the athletes to come over. Um, and I was just kind of over all the way on the other side of the pool um, doing a set. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember I went, um, I want to say I went, 32 low from a push or 31 high um and that that kind of stuck out to me um and that was shortly before we left for tokyo so i was feeling really good at that point wow thir 31 high from a push that, that is moving that's quick i think there's a lot of guys that'd be happy to be doing some 31s from a push long <laughs> so did you get a chance to train with the male breaststrokers at all like like michael andrew at all at that point in time no not really um well, I guess I was, I think I swam in Michael's lane a couple of times, but uh, we weren't really doing the same thing, but we do train similarly in the, um, I guess he's switching up his training now, but during camp, we were kind of doing um, a lot lower yardage than the rest of the team. So we'd always be like either him or I would be the first people out of the water. So we'd always be like the first ones on the massage tables. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always a bonus too. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment, or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more 
and be sure to tell them I sent you. Um, when you say a lot lower yardage, what is your average yardage per, per workout for you? Um, it really depends, I guess, now, like, in season. But um, during training camp, I was probably going, like, 2,000 to practice. Um, and then uh, now I'll push, like, 4,000 some days, but um, usually closer to three. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then how many times a week are you in the pool? Um, I swim five afternoons a week, two mornings a week, and then I'll do Saturday practice if we have it, um, depending on whether there's a meet or whatever. And then um, we've recently started kind of a new weight routine, so I'm in the weight room uh, four times a week for an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Good stuff. All right. So then now you're in you're in Tokyo. Um how are you feeling in the in the lead up to kind of your your big swim? Um, I was feeling really good. I absolutely love the Olympic Village, and it was like so easy to get used to living there. Um, it was really fun, and I um, I was feeling really good. I had none of the nerves that I had had at trials. I felt good. I swam my prelims race. Um, I think I got second. Um, going into semis, so I was feeling like on top of the world. Um, and then in semis, I was like, I, I kind of psyched myself out, and I was like, well, I performed really well at trials, and right now I'm not feeling any of the nerves that I felt at trials. So I like tried to simulate that. Um, and in semis, I swam a lot slower than I swam in prelims, um, but I still ended up getting third seed. Um, so. I felt good about that because that was the same seat I was at trials. Um, mm. So I was confident there. Um, and I knew what I had to do going into finals. So um, I just tried to kind of shake off that like weird nerves that I had built up for myself and just kind of go back to how I'd been feeling before. So you walk into the ready room of an Olympic final for those people that have never been into that situation before. What's it feel like to be in a, in a room with girls that you've never really raced before up until mm -hmm. that point, but you're in the Olympic final and you're looking around and there's only seven other people in the room. And it's like, it's one of us is going to be Olympic champion right now. Are you, are you thinking that way or what's the experience for you in that ready room? Yeah, uh, it was crazy. I mean, I guess this is kind of weird. Most people don't, but I actually really like the ready room. I yeah. think it's fun. Like I, um, I don't really like to think about my races too much before I get into the ready room. Um, and then, so like, I'll just go through my warm up routine, whatever. Then like, they'll walk me back to the ready room and then I'll be like locked in. And um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting atmosphere, I guess. Um, uh, Lily kind of is very intimidating in the ready room. So um, <laughs> at trial, she was kind of directing that towards me. Um, so it's kind of funny to like be there as her teammate and see her directing that towards other people. What do you um, mean directing that towards? Directing what? What's she, what was she doing particularly? I don't know. She doesn't really do anything. She just like stands and like looks at people. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's funny. but She's um, kind of like owning the room a little bit. Like, yeah, this, no, this she totally dominates the room. For sure. Okay. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting environment. But I like ready room, so I was I was having a good time. I um, and I also had a really men good mentality going into it, similar to um at trials where like I'm only 17, so like I was racing. Um, I wanted a medal. Um, and I really thought about it like the night before, and like I really did think that I could win but I didn't necessarily think that it would happen I guess like I thought that I could win but I also thought that any of those other women could win as well um so, so you allowed I, yourself to kind of get carried away in all the different scenarios at the time oh, like yeah. I could win I could medal I'm 17 I, I could I'm in the final so it's like yeah, yeah. You're, you're playing with all the different scenarios a little bit in your head mm -hmm. yeah and again like I was I'm 17 so like if I don't even get a medal I'm gonna walk away an olympian and i'm gonna hopefully come back in three years and put myself on the podium that time you know so right right felt pretty good all right so from what i can remember from the race you came from behind mm -hmm. <laughs> are, you, are you do you know you're behind are you happy 
being in that position. And then, I mean, you you were clawing back and clawing back, and it was it was unsure whether you were going to win this thing up until kind of the the end, where it was just like this burst. But talk me through the race specifically for you. Yeah. So going back to prelims, um, I was swimming next to Tatiana when she broke the um, Olympic record mm. um, in that prelims race, and that was a pretty good race for me. It was really solid and. Um, on that wall, when I did my turn, I could already see her. She was like pushed off the wall by the time I was turning. Mm. Um, and I kind of like knew in that moment, like she's too far ahead for me to like back end this. So, um, but then in that final at the Olympics, um, when I turned on the wall, I could see that um, when I was pushing off, Lily and Tatiana had just pushed off a little ahead of me. So I knew I was a lot closer to them and that um, that I had that closing speed to do it. So I was just um, going as hard as I could, I guess. <laughs> when do you when do you feel like you're taking off? When do you feel like you're passing people? Is that is that kind of like 35 out, 25 out, 15 out? Are you sensing yeah. that you're kind of clawing the back or even pulling ahead? Yeah, I'd say maybe um, – 35 25 out um i really click in i guess on the first 50 i always try to keep it kind of smooth powerful just kind of stay right at everybody's hips um and then um try to do my best on that turn off the wall um and then get up and really turn it on so yeah i'd say um start really accelerating at the 25 to me, there's no accidental Olympic champion, but by no means um, was it a fluke. By no means was it an accident. I mean, in in some way, I believe Olympic champ champions are kind of destined to be champions. Um, I've been to a couple Olympics myself, and it just didn't happen for me, even though I wanted it to happen. But the ones mm -hmm. that it does happen for, I feel like there's something extremely there's something very special about them. Do you? Do you get that sense about yourself? Do you feel like there's something special with you that enabled you to win that race? I mean, I guess so. I think, um, like I said before, I think really anyone in that final ready room um, could have done it. Um, and I no, think I don't believe a, that. I don't believe that. See, We're, we disagree. You did it. No, no, no. It. I'm not done. And you're I, I'm not done. You know? I think that anybody could have done it, but it just depends whether they believe they can do it. I think, like, I think you can have that, like, thought, like, oh, yeah, I can win. But you really have to, like, believe it, and you have to look back on everything that you've done and, like, give yourself a reason to believe it, um, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. <laughs> it is difficult to describe, for, for mm -hmm. sure. But um, did that feel like the best swim of your life, looking back on it? Was, that, was, it, a, was it an effortless swim for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it really, I don't really remember that much other than like pushing off the wall and then like finishing. But um, yeah, I think that's the best swim of my career, probably um, uh, technically, um, like technique wise. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't think that's all that I have left. No, for sure, for sure. What, what about this world record then? Um... How difficult is that? It's a, it's a very fast swim, but like, you know, mm -hmm. to get down to that point, now we're starting to really think about 103. Is 103 something that you feel is a possibility in your future? Yeah, I think for sure. I, I um, you know, it would have been crazy for me a year ago to be talking about chasing a world record, but um, now I really do feel like I um, can get there. I, looking back on my drops from the last, um, few years when I was 15 I was swimming a 108 um and then two years later I'm swimming a 104 so I don't see why I can't keep doing that yeah absolutely well that's good to know all right well we've all heard kind of about this uh, the story of Michael Phelps when his goggles filled up and I think in a 200 butterfly <laughs> and he ended up you know finishing the race and winning with with his eyes completely um you know, burnt from having chlorine in them the whole way. So you have this experience in the relay, wasn't it, where your goggles came down? Was that was that in the final of the relay? Yeah, so that was, I believe, two days after um, I won my 100 breast. Um, I was put on the mixed medley relay um, mm. in the A final. 
um, the first one ever. Um, I was swimming. The lineup was Ryan Murphy, me, Tori Huss, Caleb Dressel. Um, uh, and yeah, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I practiced um, several relay starts off of Ryan going um, like in the warm-up pool or whatever. They all went pretty well. I was a little nervous just because um, he'd be coming into the wall so much faster than anyone else I'd ever done a relay start off of. So mm. I was um, trying to think about like going on time, but not like overestimating how fast he was going. Mm. Um, definitely overthinking it. But um, yeah, it was interesting too when we went to the ready room. Um, just, I mean, there's the ready room that you're used to. I mean, like, I'm sure any swimmer can attest to this. Like, ready rooms can feel comfortable if you're used to them. Like, for me, in the 100 breast ready room, like, I know who all those women are. And I kind of know, like, what they all do. And, like, probably same for, like, someone swimming the 50 free. Like, that person probably knows, like, all their 50 free competitors. But it's weird to be put in a ready room with not only women that you don't know, but also men that you know nothing about. Mm. Um, it just, there's a whole different dynamic on it. Um, and to add to that, um, Caleb didn't get to the ready room until like five minutes before we walked out because he had already swam, I believe twice that night and broken world record. Um, so, um, it was kind of weird having everyone having complete teams and ours being just the three of us, um, until kind of last minute. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know um, really how everybody else felt going out, but um, I'd kind of noticed by that point that I was the only female breaststroker in the ready room. Um, and yeah, I can definitely say I was nervous. Right. So you think nerves had a part in the, the goggles coming down at all, or was it just a, a freak accident? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll ever really know what like brought them down. I wouldn't say nerves could bring them off my face, but... Um, I think the most likely scenario is that um, diving into Ryan's wake rather than a woman's wake, like mm. he makes bigger waves. That's the mm. only like thing that I can think about that was different. Um, mm. My goggles were the same as they had been. My cap was the same. My hair was the same. Um, so that's the only thing that I can really think of that was different. It takes a special person to do what you did then and, and swam and you swam extremely fast how do you not want to just stop and rip them off your face? Um, I guess, well, when I stepped up on the blocks and I, like, looked around, like, as you do, you step up, you kind of, like, look to either side of you, um, and just seeing that all the people, the backstrokers were going, all the guys next to me were, like, six foot seven, like, absolutely jacked guys. <laughs> and I was just kind of standing there, like, okay, well, I got to, like, hold it together. Um, so I got up on the blocks, did my relay start, and my goggles were just gone, and I was like, like, I couldn't even really comprehend in my head what was happening. Like, I'd never, even as, like, a five-year-old, like, just starting out, I'd never really had my goggles fall off every single race or whatever. So that was just, like, I was like, how is this, like, actually happening to me right now? And, like, is this really real? Um, but then, like, I just, I was doing my pull-down, I... I've gone through those motions so many times. I was just like doing it instinctually. And then um, like thinking about um, there's three other people, Lily, Nick Fink, and um, Michael Andrew all up there in the stands who could have been in that relay in that spot instead of me. Mm -hmm. They're all watching me. I was chosen for this spot and I need to perform. And just because I don't have all the, like I don't have the situation that I want um, doesn't mean that, I can step down and just not perform for my team and my country. Um, and it, yeah, I guess it was just kind of like adrenaline. I was like, okay, well, I'm in the water. I'm here. Nobody else is going to come and like do it for me. So I need to get it done. It actually seems like just from talking to you for the past hour now, it seems like you have that attitude in a lot of aspects of your life of like, well, this is the situation. I'm going to deal with what's in front of me and what's handed to me. I'm not going to mm -hmm. cry about this or that. What could have been, what should have been. This is what it is, and this is what I've got to deal with. Does it yeah, sound like you? Think, yeah, for sure. And I think, I think COVID's definitely kind of instilled that in me. I mean, before I was very much like 
a planner. I like to like know how everything was going to go. Um, I like to have a plan for everything, whether it was like schedule races, whatever. Um, but just like since COVID, I've just learned to be more flexible. Um, and then I guess obviously what's happening in the moment is what's going to happen and you have to learn to deal with that and you can take time to process it afterward. You can take time to be sad about it and wish it didn't happen. Think about other scenarios that could have happened, but in that moment, that's what's happening to you and that's what you have to make work. Event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. It's called Swim Nerd Live and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. Right, right. Now you end up getting a silver medal in the medley relay. Is that, is that right? The Oh yeah. In the mixed medley. Yeah. We got fifth in the, or in the mixed medley, we got fifth. And then in the women's medley, we in got the second. Women's medley, you got second. Were you happy? Were you guys happy with the second place in that one? Yeah, it was definitely, um, kind of mixed emotions. Um, obviously a silver medal is amazing. Um, we're super proud to have won that in the moment. Um, just like when Abby touched that wall, um, and we looked up and saw, um, the Australians had, um, the, was it a world record? No, it was Olympic record. Um, and we were just 0.13 behind them and had also broken the Olympic record. It was just kind of like, like all of us, I think all of us were just thinking like, oh, if I had just reached a little further mm. or if like I had just done this a little bit differently. Um, I think Abby was putting a lot of blame on herself, um, cause she was the anchor leg, but like, I think any of us could have done something slightly different, but like we're all a team and we did amazing. Um, and I, yeah, I'd say that medal means maybe even more to me than the um, gold medal that I won by myself. What really? You talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nice of you to say that to your teammates, but that gold medal was pretty damn good. I'll, t I'll take that one. <laughs> um, now, listen, something else. Are you in a band? Are you a singer in a band? Um, no, not anymore. I was, um, okay, in a band were. called Snow River String Band for six years when I was younger, but we haven't played together for, um, several years now, but, um, yeah, I've been kind of trying to pick up my instruments again, but, um, just have had trouble with time finding time, I guess. Did you, you do sing? You were the lead singer as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, what instrument yeah. did you play? I play stand up bass, guitar and piano. Is music being part of your life, your whole life? Or you come from a music yeah. family? Yeah, my dad was a um, flamenco guitar player. Um, and then when I was little, there was a um, group that was teaching um, bluegrass camp for kids um, in my town. So I'd go every summer with my friends. Um, and then there were a group of us that were really into it. So our parents kind of got us together when we were really little. Um, and so we could play more. Um, and then it just kind of evolved from there. Did you, um, do you still sing at all? You like, you sing on the way to practice in the car or anything like that? Uh, I don't know. Just like, just like a normal person, but I haven't really like necessarily practiced anything for a while. Did they, did they do like a, uh, talent show at the, uh, Olympic trial camp and you kind of busted out anything? Like I'm no. sure a lot of people didn't even know you had these talents. No, no, we didn't. I don't think most people know still. <laughs> I, think I, I actually think I was talking to one of your teammates. I don't know who it was now, but it might have been Ryan Murphy or somebody. I was, I was talking to somebody on your team and I was telling them about this situation. They're like, shut up. No way. I'm like, so I like Googled it and I cut the link and I was like, check it out. And they're like, holy hell. Like, they're blown yeah. away. Right after I won my gold medal, um, people were obviously like Googling my name and stuff. And so they were yeah. finding like all the old like band videos from years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and one of them in particular, like, was kind of going viral. And um, I got yeah. to the pool the next day. I was, like, all sleepy, just woke up and um, got on the bus and went to the pool. And all the coaches, like, came over to me and they were like, wow, we were all watching your video last <laughs> night. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's exactly right. So I was. So now everyone listening to this is going to go out and Google it and um, 
Yeah, I mean, you got you, you got to revive this thing somehow. It's coming out in the future, but um, yeah, no, I definitely want to pick up instruments some more. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, listen. Uh, what else was I going to say then? So, what's uh 2022 looking like for you? What are your plans? Um. Well, I was looking at um, our whole training plan was kind of revolving around worlds and worlds trials. Um, but obviously that's kind of fallen apart. Um, the last couple of weeks. So. We're waiting for USA Swimming to come out with our calendar. Um, and then I'm also looking at some um, different options for me personally um, going into the spring. Oh, okay. So, well, possibly kind of up in the air right now. but Possibly moving from um, Alaska? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, oh no, not like moving, moving. Just oh, like okay. um, just like plans for the spring, I guess. Okay, gotcha. Now, when do you head to Texas? Um, next fall I start school. I don't, um, right now I don't have any plans to go early. I think I'll just go with the rest of my class. I think we start mid August. In August. Okay. Uh, why, why'd you end up picking Texas? Um, yeah, it's funny. I chose so long ago, you know, I, um, I went through the recruiting process summer after my, um, I committed to Texas basically a year before I won my Olympic medal. So Wow. It feels like a really long time ago now, but um, nothing's changed. I mean, I um, chose it because um, I had a really good connections with the coaches, um, Carol Capitani and Mitch Dalton. Um, I also, uh, um, this one program's obviously amazing, both the men's and the women's, and then um, the academics in the city. So just everything kind of clicked for me. Yeah. Listen, Carol and Mitch are outstanding coaches. I can tell you that you picked a, you picked a fine organization, good team, great people. Um, you you didn't go wrong with that decision. Uh, let me tell you, I'm a big <laughs> fan of that one. So, um, but it's a, it is nice to be able to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Carol, um, listen, I'm Olympic champ now. Maybe you want to bump my scholarship a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that. Make sure you do that. Um, <laughs> what else is I going to say? Okay, well, listen, I've I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Um, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, uh, you're on any questions. So if anyone has any follow up questions from this podcast, uh, you can find Lydia on there and uh, ask her some questions. I'm sure she'll be glad to follow up with you. So uh, all right, appreciate it. Good luck with everything, and um, have yeah, a great 2022. You. Okay. Yeah, you too. <laughs> all right, take care. Bye.